Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to a very special edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick, and Jamie Football has a new head coach. And Juan Soto has a new home, folks. He's been traded to the New York Yankees. What do we think that does for, for their offense, especially with the short porch? Um, I think James Madison is really going to succeed with the Bob Chesney hire, and I think Juan Soto is really going to succeed in New York. Fair takes, good takes. I like that. <laughs> no, JMU, they've hired Bob Chesney. I think it was both of our number one guys to go after. We had floated a few other ideas. Things had come and gone, but the one constant in life was Bob Chesney. And the Dukes, they went to Indianapolis. They went to Teterboro. Who knows what those were for? We can kind of have our guesses, but I don't think we'll ever truly know. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Bob Chesney, who is one of the brightest up-and-coming stars, I would say, in the coaching world, has taken over the reins. If you're a sicko, like a true college football FCS, FBS sicko, Bob Chesney's been a name that you've known for like multiple years. What he's done at Holy Cross, super impressive. And uh, yeah, I think it's a an incredible hire for the Dukes. It's one where I kind of thought a P5 might snag in this cycle. Um, Syracuse was close to it. Right, right. And I think it'll, I do think that'll happen within the next like three years, probably because he's that good a coach. But um, as long as he's in Harrisonburg, I think Jamie fans are in pretty good hands. Yeah, we'll dive into it all this podcast. We'll answer listener questions. We'll talk about what we think the new staff just might be. Uh, We'll talk about the experience of flight tracker season, everything like that. But first, we want to let you guys know that Three Notched in Harrisonburg has the deals on Mondays, $3 Minuteman pours on Tuesdays. You can get half off cases at the Valley Collab House. And every Friday, they got first tap Friday. So they're tapping something new, something that hasn't been there recently, or maybe it is brand new to the tap house. Uh, They are pouring it for a discounted rate. I believe it's $3. But you want to head on over to the Three Notched Valley Collab House and check out everything that they have going on. Uh, they also got locations in Richmond, Roanoke, Charlottesville, Virginia Beach, and Nelson County. They also just dropped a bourbon that is absolutely fantastic. You can't purchase it at the Valley Collab House, but I believe it is available for purchase at every other location. We love Three Notched. Yeah, go celebrate. Pop some pop some bubbly. Not bubbly as in sparkling wine, bubbly as in beer. Go pop some bubbly to celebrate this monumental hire. And while you're doing it, you can also celebrate with diamonds. There's a reason Christopher William Jewelers has been voted best of Virginia year after year. It's not just one thing that sets us apart. It's everything. It's the selection, extensive and unmatched, with every engagement ring, loose diamond, and fashion jewelry chosen for quality and brilliance. It's the service. From our diamond experts to our master goldsmith, our team shares a passion for what they do, and it shows. It's the atmosphere, both glamorous and laid back. See for yourself why people can't stop talking about Christopher William Jewelers in Harrisonburg and we cave and the holiday season is off and rolling nfl is in full stride nba nhl hitting mid-season form tonight as we record the nba in-season tournament semifinals are going to be tipping off here shortly and bet online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info 
up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, and trends, predictions. Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. It's not just the big four. Bet online has info available at your fingertips. They got it both desktop and mobile access anytime, anywhere for almost any sport that's played. MMA to international soccer, NBA, NFL, NHL, ITF tennis, whatever it may be, it's at your fingertips. Head to betonline.ag today. And remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, promo code B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Heck yes. This is an exciting podcast. Where do you want to start? I mean, the last time we came on this podcast, it was a quick one. It was a 30-minute emergency pod announcing that Kurt Signetti was leaving. That feels like eons ago, as now Bob Chesney is stepping in to take over the spot. It's official. I, I wrote everything down as reportedly because that's when I – I, I did it all, but he's officially the uh, the new head coach. He is. They announced it today, a five-year contract, which the details will come out here at some point soon, but a five-year deal for a guy who has had six, originally thought it was five, six years at Holy Cross, has done really well in those six years, especially recently, uh, coached at some lower levels before that, was successful. So he's been at three different colleges. Two of the three had scholarships one of them FCS, one at every place. So the questions you have, right, are recruiting areas that aren't the Northeast and then if he can win at the FBS level. But based on his track record, he fits the mold of what Jeff Bourne wants in a head coach, very Mike Houston, Kurt Signetti-esque in the sense that he's won at places that maybe don't have a ton of resources at lower levels. And he's just like super positive, really good coach. Everyone in the coaching industry sort of thinks he's a rising star it's hard to come away from this hiring cycle um thinking it's anything less than a home run i mean in he's coached for 14 years now in total he's gone to the postseason in nine of those years you could argue 10 because this year they got left out of the fcs playoffs despite having a pretty good record and a pretty good resume overall so so the guy can coach the guy knows what he's doing I think this is a home run hire. I think they knocked it out of the park. I think this went into the parking lot and took out a, a car. It was such a good hit. Like, this is fantastic, right? Like, am I crazy for thinking that this is the best hire that JMU could have done at this point? Like, this is better than Manny Diaz. This is better than Dana, Hol Dana Holgerson, who was getting floated around. Am I crazy for thinking that they got their number one guy? I think it's probably their number one choice. I think we wrote... Um, and sort of posted on the, the podcast last week and then wrote sort of the home run hires. The three I had, I added Manny Diaz. The first two were Bob Chesney and Joe Harrisimiak, who reportedly were like two very strong candidates. So I don't think the coaching search had really any surprises, maybe some poor flight tracking, <laughs> um, but no surprises really. And uh, the two guys, I think that were toward the end there, Harrisimiak and Chesney, both great options. Chesney has significantly more head coaching experience than Harrisimiak, so he probably makes sense as the number one choice, and I think he was. Yeah, and and now a lot of people Eastern Eastern virtual orientation saying let's get the athletic director at Holy Cross too. There's been a little bit of rumblings of that that I believe his name's Kit Hughes. Yeah, uh, has been floated as a potential athletic director hire, um, and there was some kind of discussion about him potentially. That, that's the reason the holdup was here was that they were trying to get both of them and announcing them together. That wasn't the holdup as evidenced by signing him to a five-year deal. 
but but I think there might be some backroom stuff going on with it. I have no idea though. If it's a hire, then it's a good hire. If it's not, I I, I don't know anything about athletic directors. Can I rant for a quick second here on some of this please, stuff? Please, you hardly ever rant. Please rant. <laughs> when a when an athletic department goes to find a head football coach, they're going to find a head football coach, right? So there was a lot of stuff on the internet about like, oh, they've locked up Chesney and now Jeff Bourne. Cliff Wood, Roger Sankson, and Dimitri Holloway are looking for coordinators for Bob Chesney. That's just not how it works. Bob Chesney's going to hire his own staff. So the chance that they were flying private jets to various spots in the country to recruit coordinators, highly unlikely. It would be super unusual and a bit alarming, to be honest. I don't want my athletic director involved in a head coach. I want him involved in the head coaching search. I don't want him then like working to hire coordinators. That's not their job and something that I don't think Jeff Bourne would sort of overstep his his role there. I also don't think, given how important a head football coach is to a university, especially one like JMU, that's just in the FBS and sort of climbing the ranks, right? You're not going to be like, you know, this hire for athletic director that we wanted in the spring. What if we just put that with this other really important hire and try to do that in six days? No, you're not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense timing wise. You're going to stick to your original timeline. Also, and probably most importantly, they should be separate. There's all this stuff floating around of like this head coach and this athletic director would work really well as a pair. Bob Chesney could be gone in a year. He's that good a coach. He could be at a power five school in a year. So you're going to hire an athletic director to pair with him, even though Chesney might not be there long term. That doesn't make sense. So what you want to do is you want to hire a very good athletic director who can work with multiple coaches because it's also important that like football is not the only sport. So when they hire an athletic director, it's going to be somebody who can work with every coach at the school who can, yes, get along with the football coach, uh, but get along with everyone, fundraise well. That's a huge hire. They're not going to sort of put those together in the same spot, um, if that makes sense. So they were they were going for the head football coach. That was their hiring process. I believe all flights were related to that. I don't think they're going after coordinators. can't imagine they were also doing AD stuff, um, especially if that would change the timeline at all, right? Because it's very important to do this quickly given the transfer portal um, and the recruiting class. So I was just surprised when people were like, he's obviously doing all these other hires. Like, no, I think Jeff Bourne was trying to get head football. Yeah, I think the head football coach was the only thing they were doing. I think Indy, the Indianapolis flight yesterday, and we can kind of dive into the 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 cert, everything there. Like the Indy flight was very weird because everyone was thinking that that was the layover spot for Chesney after he had gone out to Vegas to celebrate one of his players who was having a, uh, an award given to him, I believe scholar athlete of the year and Chesney had gone out. So everyone had thought that they were flying to meet him in Indy and then fly him back or, or have that a second final interview, whatever it may be. Uh, that could have been the case, but probably wasn't the case because I scrolled it and they flew into Indy, which is an international airport. So I was sitting there scrolling through everything that had been going in and out of Indianapolis that day uh, there was no flight in from Vegas, commercial or private. The only flight in from Vegas was a FedEx cargo flight. And uh, I don't think that Bob Chesney was on a FedEx cargo flight coming in from Vegas. So I really don't know what the Indianapolis stop was. The Indianapolis flight yesterday was for. Um, but it doesn't matter. They got their coach, Bob Chesney. He is a damn good coach. He's a winner. He's won at the Division Three, Division Two at the FCS level. He's won at places 
historically that don't win. And I think that's something that's really big. And it's something that Bourne has targeted a lot in these searches. Signetti won at places that historically had not won at Elon, at IUP, at the Division Two, at the Division One level. And now you're targeting uh, Bob Chesney, who has won at, I might be mispronouncing this, Sal Regina or, or Salve Regina, uh, a Division Three school. <laughs> uh, then he went to Assumption, which was also in Worcester, Massachusetts. They weren't historically winners. He he got there and he won a lot and he won often. And and now they're at the FCS level with a Holy Cross team that historically is not great. And he turned them into perennial Patriot League. I mean, you could say contenders, but it was more like Patriot League dominators. Yeah, and he spent like a decade in Worcester. So he's been there for a really long time in Massachusetts. So to to pull him from the Northeast, to, to pull him from the Northeast Which to Harrisburg. Which is new to Bourne. Which he's never hired out of the Northeast. Withers was out of the South at UNC, came from UNC. Houston came from the Citadel. And Signetti came from Elon. All like in this general recruiting area. This is the first time they've gone northeast for a big hire that i can remember they like their coach they like their their guy and bob chesney i know there are some questions about like recruiting if you look through holy cross's roster they do have a nice blend of of guys i think they have 12 players from florida uh their leading receiver this year who's one of their best players on offense is from virginia uh leading tackler i think was was michigan um, and, and we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, and then they also had a defensive lineman, one of their best players from Ohio. I believe I have that correct and didn't switch them. Um, but they've got good players on that roster. And I also think that like, he's very personable based on all the interviews I've seen of him and things like that. I don't think it's gonna be hard for him to adjust to a new region. Yeah. Like he just seems like a nice guy who is very passionate. So that'll typically work pretty well, especially given this fact that um, it's not like JMU's coming off a bunch of down years where you have to like sell the school. Like they had what 26,000 people on the quad for college game day and are ranked in the top 25 and are 11 and one. Like kids in Virginia know what they're doing. Like they know what JMU is. I think North Carolina kids are probably familiar as well at this point. So it's not that hard. I don't think for him to move to a different region and get some, some really talented players into Harrisonburg. Yeah, and, and he gets really talented players to a Holy Cross school that historically does not necessarily have the most talented players, not trying to throw Holy Cross under the bus, but Patriot League not necessarily known for being kind of an upper echelon talent league. Um, but he's he's turned Holy Cross with some really good players into a really, really solid team. We'll talk about some of the transfers that they've had hit the portal, but their quarterback, Matthew Sluka, uh, is going to get the bag at – a. a <laughs> Maybe it's JMU, maybe it's somewhere else, but he has a long list of potential suitors after he entered the transfer portal. You got to imagine that he's going to be an impact type of player at the FBS level next year. Uh, their leading tackler, I won't spoil the surprise with what you think about him later on in this podcast, but he he's made Holy Cross into a team that since Chesney took over in 2018, the, the offense has finished on average as the 1.8 best, best scoring offense and their defense 2.6. That's their average kind of end of season uh, where they finish in terms of scoring offense and defense An up upper echelon team. And it is, it's a defense that in 2021 had the best defense in all of the FCS. And it's an offense that this, just this past year, they were the third best rushing offense in the FCS fourth best in total offense, seventh in pass yards per completion, uh, seventh in scoring, and they were the second best offense in the entire nation in third down conversion. They converted third downs at a 52% clip. 
that's nearly 20 points higher than what JMU did this last season. He's also got a reputation for like really coaching up special teams in an impressive way, which is kind of exciting. That's how he started his career. For JMU, that's kind of been up and down the last few years too, right? So that's a an interesting guy to bring on. He's a great leader, right? And I know that's sort of cliche sometimes, but he seems like people gravitate towards him. And a point that I, I want to make that no shade to JMU, Holy Cross is like a big time academic institution. It like recruiting there, it's a very specific type of player you're able to get where it's like the grades have to be very good. You also want them to be very good at football where again, JMU, good academic school. There's a little more leeway there with some recruits where like they don't need to have like a three, eight GPA in high school for you to, to get them to uh, on your roster. I'll say at Holy Cross, they are student athletes. They come for school and football. Um, I would say sometimes JMU not necessarily recruiting for kids to come play school. There's a little, there's a little bit more football probably there. Right. <laughs> so uh, he's going to be a, a fun hire. Cause he's, he's still, I think values that stuff and is going to want them to like, have discipline and thrive in the classroom. But when it comes to recruiting, things are a little bit more open for him now. Uh, I got a question for you. Okay. So I guess what, a week ago, did they still have, when did Signetti officially leave? Was it a week I think ago? Six days ago, six, okay. or maybe a week ago. Yeah. So let's, let's go back, you know, 10 days. Okay. Kurt Signetti's still the coach. And you fast forward, Bob Chesney's the coach. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer Bob Chesney Dukes or Kurt Signetti Dukes? I, I think it's tough because the the reporting that Ben is doing, our recruiting guy who has his his kind of his hand on the, the f- fingers on the pulse. That's that's what the saying is. Fingers on the pulse of recruiting and kind of what the portal is looking like. Recruiting, I don't think it changes too much. He says a lot of the guys uh, are, are going to stay committed. It may be a little difficult to potentially get the decommitted guys back on board, but there's still a chance to get the decommitted guys back on board. And he's reporting that the transfer portal, 99% of these guys, maybe maybe a little less, we're going to enter the portal anyway. And you kind of look at who's in the portal, right? It's Aiden Fisher, who's going to be a dog. He's going to get a P5 offer. He's going to get a bag. Jalen Walker is going to get a bag. Taurus Jones is going to get a bag. And not to tap ourselves on the back, but uh, we had a three-ish question, like our three headlines uh, going into the 2023 JMU football season. Bennett said all three linebackers are going to be in the transfer portal. Aiden Fisher, Taurus Jones, Jalen Walker. Well, that happened. James Carpenter. Probably going to get some P5 bag looks. Uh, who am I? Who am Zach I? Zach Horton's already got P5 offers. <laughs> Zach Horton's going to get McLeod, right? McLeod's like, got a chance to. All McLeod's probably the only guy that would have stayed if Signetti and Sinceri yeah. stayed. Um, maybe Zach Horton stays. Maybe James Carpenter stays. But right. you don't really know. So if we're talking from a pure coaching standpoint, and and everything else, not. I throw everything else out. This is in a vacuum. This is only coaching, right? This is what the question. I think I uh, just pe- not looking ahead either, right? It's just it's right here, right now. I think it's Chesney. Dude, his ceiling's so much higher, right? But, but six- we're gonna be looking know, for a new I coach. Know, in I know, two I years. know, I know. I I like it. I I would have been fine if Signetti stayed another decade. To be honest with you, and retired yeah. inherit like I would have been so pleased with that. that. That's I, what I'm saying. Like in a vacuum, right here, right now, it's Chesney. But like. When you take everything else into consideration, like if Signetti didn't get a job and he stayed around for 10 more years, I would have rather had that than Chesney, who's going to put hopefully he doesn't. But there I will just say there are very few names that were realistic that they could have hired where I would have been like, you can convince me it's an upgrade. 
Bob Chesney is one of the few yeah. names. Yes. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, uh, Nova said in the uh, YouTube comment section, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, let us know what you guys are thinking about the hire in our comment section in the replies. But Nova said he loves that he keeps the foot on the gas. No more inside zone three times to run out the clock. No more Signetti turtling. That, that's a great segue into what his style of play is, how he goes about attacking opponents' defenses and how his defenses typically play, uh, if you want to start this one off. Bit of a dog, uh, I would say. <laughs> dog! <laughs> he, um, I like him. I like him. So they're, they're fairly aggressive. I would say with most things you can go and watch. They played South Dakota state. I can't remember if it was last year. Last year. It was last year in the playoffs. They end, up, they, they end up losing by 21, but they were, but a dog, uh, it was tied 21, 21, like in the fourth quarter. And they just kind of unraveled late. One of their touchdowns. It's like, I think it was fourth and one or third and one. They hand it to the running back in this like jumbo set. The running back stops like a yard short of the line of scrimmage jumps and throws a pass to a wide open dude for a touchdown. And I was like, Whoa, like they just ran some stuff that was like, Oh, they're a little bit insane. Like they're, <laughs> they're very aggressive. They're clearly scheming some stuff up knowing that like, Hey, like maybe South Dakota state's a little more talented than us. If he keeps that same mentality, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, they have a guy in the portal. We'll talk about in a little bit who has you keep teasing this guy. <laughs> he ha- this is What's someone else. Oh, this okay. is someone- he has six blocked punts. In four seasons, he had three block punts last year. Like the stuff they do on special teams, unbelievable. So I, I like that stuff a lot. Their offense was, I've seen some people call it like pro style. Um, they do some stuff under center, do some shotgun. I think they list it probably more as like a traditional spread. I mean, like a pro spread. It's unique in the sense that like their quarterback runs the ball. Sluka a lot. Third amount. He has 200 more career rush attempts than pass attempts, and he nearly had as many rush yards this season as passing yards. It makes it kind of hard to define like what they're running because like they'll set up and run like a lot of quarterback power, like out of the shotgun, that kind of stuff. Um, he also loves to scramble where if like the first read's not there, he's like, okay, and <laughs> he'll talk it real quick. <laughs> yeah. makes All right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if I have to run it, um, he does not slide. He's never attempted to slide, I don't believe. It seems like he would rather like get concussed than slide with the rate he runs. So unique offense where like, if they don't have Sluka, I think it probably looks a little bit different. Um, And then defensively, I think they list themselves as a four, two, five. I've seen some, some Holy cross people describe them as like a four, three, but I would expect them to kind of do the four defensive linemen, two or three linebackers, bunch of defensive backs. Doesn't seem like it'd be drastically different from like a pure setup to, to what they're doing now so i think some of the players that are on the roster would certainly fit with it um but he also seems like someone i think that would probably adjust based on personnel so that's sort of what they did at holy cross but i think they're they're willing to alter things based on who's on the roster but if you're running a 425 at least defensively i imagine there's not a lot of change happening there and there's a good chance he's bringing his defensive coordinator scott james over with him because scott james has been with him since the start at holy cross look Corey heatherman He's put together a really solid Holy Cross defense year in and year out. So Scott James is a name that I'd expect to come with him as uh, as Bob Chesney begins to fill out this staff. Do not bring up Corey Heatherman. No, again. I want you to say, I want you to answer it because there are people who are listening who are who think that Corey Heatherman is the defensive coordinator. You don't think that he'll be the defensive coordinator. I do not think Corey Heatherman will be a defensive coordinator for a few reasons. One, he's currently the linebackers coach at Rutgers. He was 
Kurt Signetti's uh, defensive coordinator at Elon came with him to James Madison. And then at the before of la the start of last season, he left during the offseason to go up to uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey to hang out with Joe Harris-Simiak and coach the linebackers. Corey Heatherman makes a million dollars. That's big 10 money. What? He, well, he's he's not in a million. Harris-Simiak's in a million. Heatherman's I'm pretty sure when I get, Google no, Heatherman. No, linebackers coach? Google it while I do this. I, I think he's at like wrong. three or 400,000, which is still, I still think that might be more than they can, <laughs> they can offer. Please confirm me, this. He's at 400,000 per USA okay. Today. He makes 400,000 to coach linebackers. So the linebackers coach at JMU made less than that. Okay. Yeah. Corey. Yes. Um, but if he was, if he was DC, I don't know that they could offer him that salary at JMU. Like JMU. This is really great. Uh, really, really good podcasting. Because I think now, Brian Haynes was sub two, and I know they're upping. I believe they're upping the salary pool for the assistant. I want to say he was like at one hundred eighty nine thousand. You can verify me if that's correct. So shout out the Breeze. I'm looking up, uh, looking up the Breeze salary database. Brian Hayes Haynes at the defensive coordinator made one hundred eighty nine thousand dollars. So if let's say he goes up to two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand dollars, Heatherman most likely will not take a step back in salary pool. To yeah. get the DC at JMU, a position he once held less than <laughs> 48 months ago, because he probably has a better shot at getting a P5 coordinator job, which is his end goal, or even a P5 job, or even a head coaching job at the group of five level. He has a better chance of doing that as the linebackers coach at Rutgers. So he's also tight with Harrisimiak. Like they yeah, work together at Maine. He's so, he's not yeah. he's not coming. He could also – it would make a lot of sense for him to follow Harris Simiak when Harris Simiak ultimately gets a head coaching job, which he will again because yes. he coached it. As his DC. Yes, and would right would have – so that was the original thing that I think media had floated was like, oh, Heatherman could come back with Harris Simiak. I don't believe the secret conspiracy that Jeff Bourne flew to Rutgers to be like, Corey, we need you to come back for a pay cut even though you already did this two or three years ago. I don't think that happened. So I would agree with you yeah. that yeah, I wouldn't anticipate Heather coming back. Um, I forgot what my train of thought was before that, talking about Scott James, the defense, Bob Chesney, great stuff. You're going um, through the staff. Who are we? Who are they bringing in from uh, Holy Cross? Well, I guess I don't necessarily know who they'll be bringing in um, fully. I think Scott James, if I was a betting man, which I am, Scott James is coming. Uh, he's been with Chesney for a long time. He's been a great defensive coordinator at Holy Cross. You got Dean Kennedy who just finished his first season as the offensive coordinator for Holy Cross. He was their quarterback coach last year, so he's been on staff for two years. Kind of a young guy. He knows the South really well, which might be why he comes. Maybe Chesney really likes what he brings. Um, and, I mean, he put together the third-best rushing offense in the FCS, seventh-best scoring offense in the FCS, and the fourth-best total offense in the FCS. So, like, yeah. he clearly is good at what he does. Um, kind of young Dean Kennedy, I'd put at a 50-50 that he comes with Chesney. Last time I put something 50-50, Signetti did leave. So who knows what happens. Um, I'll just run through the other yeah. coordinators real quick and say how long they've been with them. Uh, you got Drew, Drew Kavan, who's the special teams tight ends coordinator. He's been there for six years. Then they have a ton of guys who've been there for two years. So they had some heavy coaching turnover two years ago. Kyle Barnes, cornerback coach, second year. Mark Mike Cardova, uh, running back coach, second year as running back coach, fourth year total with Holy Cross. Nick Della Giacona, 
Giacono, defensive line. This is a very Italian uh, <laughs> coaching staff. Nick Della Giacono, defensive line, second year. Anthony DiMichel, safety, second year. Rich Gunnell, wide receiver, pass game coordinator, second year. Brian Vaganek, cornerback coach, seventh year. So he was actually on the staff before Chesney was hired. And Chris Zarkowski, offensive line coach. This was his first year. JMU retained Robo, their offensive line coach. Marcus Hall Oliver, their safeties coach. Eddie Whitley Jr., the Rovers. And uh, Jared Holly, the cornerbacks coach. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. I saw somebody in the comments, I think you put it up earlier, had floated uh, Justin Roper, I believe it is, who's now the offensive coordinator at Furman. Had also been at Holy Cross, has pretty good background for going back kind of over a decade of leading some really explosive offenses. So he's got more experience um, than their current their current offensive coordinator, Kennedy. So maybe maybe something there where Kennedy could even be the quarterback's coach. I don't know exactly how that might go, uh, but something to to monitor lots of options on the coaching staff could also go if he wanted to sort of just external from JMU or Holy Cross. My guess is it's a lot of Holy Cross because that's typically how it, how it happens. Someone said, um, Heatherman. Nope. That's not it. Justin Roper was the offensive coordinator, Holy Cross with Chesney. He's now at Furman with JMU alum, Drew Dudzik. Good. Yep. Could bring him with you. So that'd be interesting too. And then his, his strength coach, it's Chris. I think it's, Grautsky um, has been with them for, for a while too, and would kind of anticipate um, that he would come as well. Yeah. So we'll be anxiously kind of seeing how this, this staff is filled out. We'll have updates uh, on our Twitter at JMU sports news. We'll have updates on the website, JMU sports We touched on it a little quickly. Do you want to do a, a transfer portal update? See, if there's potential, yeah. we kind of mentioned it earlier, not a huge potential for a lot of these guys to leave the portal and come back for the Dukes, um, maybe in a little bit, but they're all going to test out what the offers are that, that are out there with the NIL deals, with potentially moving to a power five school. All of these, all of the student athletes who are in the portal all have a legitimate shot to go P5 and like high P5. Yeah, I'll do a quick update on who's leaving, and then I'll do some Holy Cross speculation because everybody loves a little bit of speculation. <laughs> Caden Schickel, the long snapper, went in today. I don't know if you saw that. I did. That's a bummer. So he's in there. James Carpenter, Zach Horton. We've kind of mentioned a few of these guys. Uh, Mikhail Kamara, Chauncey Logan, my guy, Chauncey's in the portal. Desmond Green at receiver didn't play a lot. Um, Jordan McLeod. Carter Miller in the offensive line, Brent Austin, Aiden Fisher, Jalen Walker, Taurus Jones, Abby Nwabakua Konji, and of course, don't forget Wayne Knight has entered the portal. Wayne Knight has entered the portal, and uh, I'm really sad about Abby, actually, because he's been with us for five years and maybe four years, and we finally figured out how to pronounce his name. And Maybe they get him back. Maybe. Maybe Chesney sways him. I I think he had some Sunbelt offers in there. Somebody else had some of the Sunbelt offers uh, as well. Yes, a comment here. Horton and Carpenter are big losses. I would agree. I also think like uh, Fisher, Walker, Jones. Quickly, Logan. top three. What Top three biggest losses of the transfer portal who've entered. Who who made you go crap the most? Um, Carpenter. Yeah. I've got Carpenter in my top After three. After you besmirched his name a few years ago. Yeah, I didn't think he was big enough. And he's like the best player in the conference. Um, and then I, I might honestly, I'm gonna go 
Aiden Fisher and Jalen Walker, both those guys. I'm not like surprised by that. Um, but both of those guys were so good at linebacker. Mine would be Carpenter, Aiden Fisher, Chauncey Logan. No McLeod for us. Actually, no, take out uh take out Chauncey Logan, put down Kamara. Still no McLeod. No. It's a tough loss, don't get me wrong, but uh, I believe the Alonzo Barnett era starts now. Or the Sluka era, we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> no, that'll uh that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. If they get any of them to return, I think it's kind of a tough sell in some regards where I think you have a lot of players here, not all of them, but a lot of them where I watch them and I'm like, probably not an NFL player, but definitely like NIL bag player. Like, I yes. think, I think you could say like, and I guess I, I don't know if I need to name names on that, but I think there are guys who, <laughs> I think, I think there are guys that like, I'm not going to fault you if you try to go get a payday, knowing that like, if you have an NFL shot, it might be like a late round pick or battling to make a roster. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, go get your well, money. It's kind of like Ukwu, right? Yeah. He's he's a fringe NFL guy. He'll probably get drafted late rounds, but went to Ole Miss, had a good season, and probably got paid at least $500,000. Yeah. Like, go you do that. Do that. I would do that. If, if Indiana came and offered me a $250,000 bag to go podcast for them for a year, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do. You gotta do. <laughs> They've also got some guys here that like do have NFL potential too. Where playing at a Power Five level and getting those reps plus what you've done uh, in the Sun Belt or FCS or whatever is not going to hurt your stock. And you could get an NIL bag, so it it makes sense, right, in the current era for to at least enter, see your options. And if you want to come back, you would certainly have that option. Yes. Um, you want me to speculate wildly? Yes, please. This is this is what I'm here for. I, I mainly wanted this transfer portal spot not to talk about our own but to talk about uh the, the holy cross people that may be coming and i have heard from pretty good sources uh on this to be clear that i do think jmu could add players in the portal i don't know who or when but i do know that the transfer portal is something that uh that is available to to them okay matt sluka is the obvious name right at quarterback where like fans are going to go nuts because the guy had like 300 plus rushing yards in one game this year, 300, 330. Please get it right. <laughs> so stupid. Um, so he's a, he's a great runner. He can sling in a real, a little bit. He's not like a pure passer. No, um, not at all. Like an unorthodox motion, um, leaves some balls short and stuff, but runs it. And he has gotten better as a passer. Like he's better as a passer now than he was in like 2021. Um, so a name to monitor a lot of power fives have, have, shown interest in him according to reports so like someone's paying him whether it's like maybe jmu offers some kind of and obviously not jmu right it'd be the collective maybe the collective offers some kind of money plus he's excited to be with chesney again and he, he goes for it i don't know he Possibly. did enter he did enter the portal worth noting he entered the portal before chesney really got heated up in the syracuse discussions he entered the portal when chesney's name was first being floated for syracuse so in my opinion he didn't leave because chesney was about to leave i think he left because he had it on good authority that he'd get a bag yes but several of his teammates who also entered have posted like notes app letters he did not but their notes app letters are all like holy cross doesn't have a grad program so some of it is once you get to a certain age and i haven't looked too closely into that if they like don't have a lot of if they have some grad programs or whatever but some of them are leaving and they knew they would leave just because like academically 
there was nothing left for them at Holy Cross. So then they either get a bag or go FBS. He's he's definitely the fringe of that. We're like, yeah, he's probably getting a bag. But maybe JMU brings him a bag. Who knows? Okay, so Sluka. Uh, quickly, before you say that, Daniel yeah. Merriman, uh, great reporter for us. He he believes the collective is retention. So no money going out to transfers from the collective. Is that the way they view it? I'm not 100% we gotta get, sure. We got to get some portals. We got to talk to the, the collective. collective but that, that's what Daniel Merriman is saying. Um, I think that's correct with how they listen to the website. I think it is correct on how they list it on the website as well. It's very confusing. But. Collective is. <laughs> but. But once like, he's in. I'm No, I'm just like, is oh. it? I don't know. Like, he knows Bob Chesney. Bob Chesney was reportedly meeting with the, like, yeah. Cliff Wood of the collective was in these <laughs> meetings. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's, there's some where it's like we do it for retention. Wink, but wink. like he could, yeah, I think he could do a little. And again, I don't want to speak for the collective. I'm just, I'm just saying, in the current era of college sports, there might be a little wink, wink. Um, but he's he's not like a guarantee. I don't think he's one that can easily go P five, right? Now, who's a guarantee that you've hyped yourself up over? Okay, not I'm, I won't go as far as guarantee. I think the name that's arguably more intriguing is Jacob Dobbs at linebacker. Was he yes, the I, guy that he just went out to Vegas for? Yes, yes. Who? They have like a bromance. Bob Chesney has tweeted that he is the greatest teammate of all time. And I think after he accepted the JMU job, um, Dobbs sent a very nice tweet back at him. So they're like, they're tight. They're boys. I don't know if you've heard, Jack. There are three very good linebackers in the portal for JMU, <laughs> creating a pretty massive hole at the position. Do you know how many tackles he had in nine games played in 2023? Okay, so Jalen Green had 15 and a half sacks in nine games. Dobbs had 150. He had 123. What? He never had less than 10 in a game. He had 12 tackles for loss, 14 quarterback hurries. And Bob Chesney believes he's the greatest teammate to ever live. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sold. But if, if you listen to him talk, he's like, he's pretty... Um, he seems pretty humble and like well-spoken and somebody who just like loves football is super smart. Um, his considering the NFL draft, he said as well, I don't know exactly what his status would be, but he's also in the portal. I'd be shocked if Chesney doesn't like pull out all the stops to try to get him, especially considering the hole at linebacker. So I think Jacob Dobbs is maybe a more realistic name than, than Sluka. All right. Anyone else that we should be looking at? I got two more. Here? All right. I got two more. I'm coming with you. I was going through everyone for Holy Cross who entered the portal. <laughs> I was going through their tweets to see who they were retweeting and liking. And then I would check the player and see if the player who transferred was like getting some quality offers. Essentially, there were a couple I didn't include because it seemed like maybe they were going to go play at the FCS level still. Um, Holy Cross kids, though, I wish they were a little more egotistical. Not a lot of offers being posted for guys who were like clearly getting <laughs> offers. They're not, you know, I like it more when people are posting like the the high school thing where it's like so-and-so offered, so-and-so offered, so-and-so offered. So maybe, maybe do that in the future uh, so I can track your, your potential yes. transfer better. Anyway. So I, someone in my apartment in Maryland can <laughs> scroll yeah, through your Twitter and be like, oh yeah, there's going to be a fit for Jamie. Well, yeah. Transfer kids. If you can do a better job of, of channeling your inner high schooler, please. And tagging like every coach who, who you've ever spoken to that could have offered. Okay. Eric Sean, I believe I'm pronouncing this or shown. It's S C H O N. Eric, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. Offensive lineman. I think he's played 36 or 38 games for them. 24 consecutive starts. He played left guard 
really solid player along the offensive front. He's already gotten offers from Coastal and ODU, two programs that I think everyone can assume are just or knows are right, right, obviously inferior to what the Dukes have built. Um, <laughs> what's the what's the margin again? The last two years, season ender with Coastal, like one hundred and fifteen to twenty one. Yeah, just ridiculous stuff. So he would be an interesting one, um, especially with what they've got Carter Miller, I think, in the uh, in the portal. Yeah, in the portal. So he's you a guy get... that I could expect coming back. Miller. Yeah. Yeah, he was posting some Sunbelt offers where he was like, I think he was like, Arkansas State offer. He was like, wait a second. Um, so I, I think that's an interesting one to consider, although I guess offensive line maybe less of a position in need, but still an interesting one there. Depth, man. Depth. We, Depth. There were so many injuries on the – you true. can never have too many good offensive linemen. That's You're very accurate. Also, Terrence Spence. He's my last name on the list. I got four names. Defensive back, and you can read more about all these guys. I posted this at jamiesportsnews.com. Terrence Spence. Graduate transfer, defensive back. I think he's like 6'2", 200 pounds, pretty good speed. He had a career-high 52 tackles this year, a couple interceptions. He's the player who in his career at Holy Cross has six blocked punts, which is nuts. He's He's gotten offered by a couple Sunbelt schools here in Arkansas State, Georgia State, uh, and then Delaware also offered. So I think those four are names to monitor. I think the last three, Dobbs, um, Sean or Shone, um, and Spence are, are names to to keep an eye on because I think realistically they could be targets who want to attend JMU and fit in pretty perfectly with what Chesney wants to do. I want to get your your pure reaction because you can't see the comments coming through. Only I can see the comments coming through on YouTube. Yeah. I want to share a story. Kane just sent this over on YouTube. Uh, this is from a, a story that DNR just posted about Chesney. Uh-huh. In one of his first practices at Assumption, Bob Chesney had his captains get into a fight to see how the players would react. <laughs> what? Is that good or bad? Is that newsworthy or snoozeworthy? That's newsworthy. I've um, I've not heard of that one before. It doesn't it doesn't quite jive with like his post game demeanor, but I think he gets the guys to scrap a little bit, which I like. All right. Did did was there any follow up as, as to how they reacted, or was everyone just like surprised and like Chesney went home and was like, yeah, I want to. Do I, haven't, I haven't read the story. The story was posted while we were podcding, and Kane just sent that little snippet over in the. That's YouTube hilarious. Comments. That's amazing. Um, quickly, a recruiting update. Uh, ben has been uh, doing his best, try nose to the grindstone, figuring out what is everything going on with the recruits. Uh, they're all now going to schedule their official visits to have their official visit. Uh, and most of them who are committed, I believe, are going to remain committed. And, and I think Ben said that they're going to have to work on getting the decommitments back committed. But for the most part, they should retain a large portion of this recruiting class. That's good news. Great news. Um, this is also a question. One, Diddy streaming. We also had this question uh, on our Twitter as well. Do you think Chesney will be involved at all with the bowl game? No. Uh, I, I do not believe Bob Chesney will have any involvement with the bowl game. The second that bowl game is over, though, he will be fully involved with the program, and that's when things will really start to change, I believe. But I don't think Chesney will be involved in the bowl game ex except for watching it from a suite in Fort Worth, Texas. No, they'll probably have like in practices he'll be there. I don't know how involved he'll be in the practices, but I'll want to see the guys like play to get an idea of roster stuff. Um Ideally, he would get the captains to fight. 
as well. Like his first thing on the job would be like, hey, what if you guys just went at it and we see how you react? Well, so hopefully you imagine do- <laughs> imagine that conversation because you can't have the whole team know you're about to go into a fight, right? Like you 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 can't have the team know that this is going to happen because you're going to see we- how they react. So did he pull him into the lot? Like, oh, were they I, all? <laughs> no, I, he wasn't I get like, fight. No, he I thought like, you're saying he's had no, no, both no. captains. Everyone circled around them. No, no, no. And what, they, like, how how I imagine this story happened was that he like had everyone go out to the practice field and then he held back it. the 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 two captains or three captains or whatever and was like all right guys we're gonna get into the uh, a heated thing you guys start fighting and then we'll see how the team reacts i don't know what you learn from your team though f- with that i th- he must have just thought they were like soft or something and wanted <laughs> to just like shell shock him i don't know that's that's hilarious i'm excited to see how he comes in oh, this is a good question here who has better hair tino sinceri or bob jet um or Bob Chesney. That's that's close. I think Sinceri, though. Yeah, both good. I think uh <laughs> I don't want to say anything too out of line. I don't want to say anything too out of pocket. Bob Chesney is easy on the eye. So I think there's gonna be a certain <laughs> certain section of JMU fans that are way more engaged, man. Family weekend. The moms will be watching, maybe closer than before. I'll just. I think you've had this take about Coach O hitting the gym a little harder too. <laughs> you have a lot of takes. Wait, that one's right, Coach O. If you go back and look at like Coach O when he started to Coach O now, yeah, he lifts a little bit more. But I don't think that's a crazy take. Bob Chesney, good looking dude. He might be the most attractive Jamie football coach of all time. He Somebody may be the most attractive coach. He may be the most attractive coach in the whole Sun Belt. That's a question that we need. To I think answer. he is definitely the, probably the most attractive coach who made his captains of assumption get into a fake fight. I, and I don't mean to throw Signetti out of the bus here, but talk about an upgrade <laughs> just from pure looks. I mean, you got your your grandfather going to like a cool dude. This is the analysis that we come for. <laughs> this is why why people listen. This is why message boards hate us. That's that's right. <laughs> Um, okay, so from there, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk any more about uh, Bob Chesney? What what else do you want to talk about? I guess in terms of Bob. Yeah, Chesney? I want to talk about Bob Chesney. Do you think that? Do you think? Okay, he's give hot me your... or not. <laughs> we already covered that. Smash you... or pass. <laughs> do you think JMU in twenty twenty four? Okay, give me a record prediction. We don't know the so, players on the team. So here's here's my thing. The record's going to regress regardless, and we have to not hold that on Bob Chesney. So they were 11-1 and with, what, five one-possession wins? That's right. That's something that goes the other way. That's a 50-50 win kind of win percentage in terms of those one-possession games. So you have to assume that they're going to lose. They're not going to win all of those. So you go from 11-1, and all of a sudden your, your record is flipped. So going into next season, they've lost a good amount of talent. How are they going to retool? I think a realistic expectation for how this team goes is seven and five. Set the bar low. Uh, Under promise, over deliver, folks. Under promise, over deliver. It's going to be an exciting season. The schedule, it's who are the non conference? It's Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Yeah, it is. North Carolina. And then isn't it like a a MAC team? It's like Ball State or something. Gardner Webb and Ball State. That's pretty manageable. The Sunbelt okay. East is tough, though. Well, I don't no, know. I don't know. We... Charlotte's building something special in that Biff Pogey era. That's 
that's debatable. And then um, <laughs> I don't know exactly who their West opponents are, but yeah, I think that's probably right. Seven and five, eight and four is kind of what we expected. Maybe the, at some point over the last two years, um, will not kill you. And they were eight and three, and I thought it was a pretty good year two years back, first year in the FBS. I mean, even with even if you had Signetti, I would be expecting a like eight and four type of year, just because you were you were five and zero oh in one possession games. Like yeah, the ball bounces one different way five times, you're looking at a drastically different schedule, different, oh. different everything. Holy Cross, two and three in one possession games. Does that flip for Bob? Hmm. Does flip, that flip, snip, snap, snip, snip, snap, snip, snip, Um, here's a question Does that record reflect the coach or the team? So, like, being five and oh for JMU, is that a Signetti stat or is that a JMU roster stat? Or is that just pure know. luck and it means nothing? Two the two losses for two of the I guess three one possession losses for Holy Cross were Boston College and Army, so FBS teams. Um, the Boston College game, same day as the UVA game, they had a rain delay go against them where it kind of stalled their momentum. So there are a lot of ties here. Rain, <laughs> both coaches have experienced rain before, um, but but <laughs> they were really good in the BC game. I thought they should have won. Sluka had this this run at the end of the game where it looked like he was going to score a touchdown, steps out of bounds at like 30. Next play rolls out, gets stripped. So that could have went either way. But the point is, they've beaten FBS teams in 21 and 22. Bob Chesney with a very talented roster, I don't know, 7-5 and five might be underselling him. Even with the one-possession luck. There's gonna, Coastal's not a one-possession game. We know that, right? So you got that one as a blowout. You're blowing out Charlotte. You're blowing out Gardner-Webb. You're blowing out Ball State. North Carolina, where's Drake May? He's gone blowout. That's five blowout wins. <laughs> App State revenge blowout. Blowout. We're one and zero at Kid Brewer Stadium in the last two years. So we own them in Boone. People are saying. Some are saying that. Um, and the West opponents will be ULM, Southern Miss, or Louisiana. Oh, so <laughs> trash. They're they're going twelve and zero under Bob Chesney. They're making the playoff with Sluka. Can I Thanks. say my hot take? As 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 I'm trying to rein you in from your your craziness going on on the oh, up there, here's my here's my kind of hot take. I don't think there's going to be a ton of regression. Like well, I said, they're going seven five. Yeah, because of the one possession losses. Like you flip them. Also, what did I say right after I said seven and five? You underpromise, you overdeliver. Underpromise, overdeliver. <laughs> All right, that's fair. No, I but I, I I think. They're going to the playoff, man. There was there were some coaching choices that I was like, okay, this will be good long term, but in the short term, I, I think the team may take a hit. With this hiring, I think in the short term, this team isn't taking a hit, and in the long term, they're going to be fantastic. Yeah, short term, they're going to be loaded next year because Holy Cross is Ooh. Holy Cross is yeah. What is this? You're seeing a comment? Yeah, Daniel. The one possession losses may not be one possession Ooh. anymore without turtling in the second half. That is a great point. Yeah. So imagine if we ran a jump pass on the one yard yes. line against Utah State up 28. Preach. <laughs> Something. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I think they're going to be darn good next year because Chesney can coach. Fascinated to see what happens. Obviously, you want to keep as much of the recruiting class together. And then the portal, who are you bringing in? Because it's, it's never a thing where he's only going to bring in Holy Cross guys, right? I think there's a possibility they do bring some Holy Cross guys, but then, um, and worth noting with that, I think Signetti taking players to Indiana is sickening. 
Uh, but I think Chesney bringing in some guys would, would really be great for the program and the Dukes. Um, but but Signetti coming in on a plane to do whatever he was doing, which could have been stealing players, made me sick. Um, worth noting, as Bennett is just going on a tirade, a, a sarcastic tirade, worth noting Elijah Surratt, still on the Dukes. Kalon Black, still on the Dukes. Uh, Latrell did graduate. I is think. that? I thought he might have a COVID year. I don't know. I don't know. Latrell may or may not be back. Tyson Lawton is gone. Yeah, he's. But you got you got Kalon. You got you got Elijah. You have Reggie Brown's gone. Phoenix Sproles gone. Nick Kidwell expected to come back. Uh, I mean, this is this is an offense that re- the defense got hit hard by the transfer portal, and I mean, yeah, hard. But the offense may have a capability of 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 doing something special again next year. And this is a Holy cross coaching staff that you assume some of them will be coming over that put together one of the best offenses in the entire FCS. If they get Matthew Sluka college football playoff incoming. They've got, yeah, the quarterback position is going to be a huge one, right? Who's that's the that's quarterback? Because right now your quarterback room is Brett Griffiths, Alonzo Barnett, Billy Atkins. Probably adding somebody there. Yeah. It's doesn't mean they'll necessarily start over those guys, but we'll see. Um, and, and interesting to see, right, if they all stay, too, if they think that they fit that scheme. But, yeah, you mentioned Surratt. They've got other guys at receiver that I think are overlooked. Maxwell Moss, uh, Yamir Knight, both really good. You know who's crazy fast and nobody ever talks about? Marion Dawson. What? This is, this is podcast. This is telepathy. But, like, they gave him, like, three touches this year, and all of them were like, whoa. <laughs> so maybe if you gave him more than three touches, he could be electric in the offense, Taji Hudson, I think still has a lot of potential because he played quarterback up until like a couple years ago. Good size, good blocker. He was the starter week one and two. Yeah. So they, they do have some, some options there and some other freshmen at tight end, no Horton, but like, Hey, is Taylor Thompson unlocked? Hell yeah, he is. And I think Kai Wright has another year too. He does. And he's a big body. who got a lot of playing time. So like they got options. If I would love to see Horton, I don't think he's going to come back. Because of like his physical blocking, given what Holy Cross does like in their run offense, would oh my god, it'd be so good. But if he doesn't, they still got some options there. Defensively, I agree. That's where they gotta hit the portal really, really hard or or get some uh freshman who can make an immediate impact and maybe they retain some guys from the portal. I don't exactly know, but they should still have a very talented, good roster. Chesney develops well. I don't know. I'm pretty excited about twenty four. I'm very excited for 24. I think this is still a Sunbelt East contender. I think it is should be the betting favorite heading into 2024 to win the Sunbelt East. They've done it in back-to-back years. Uh, their schedule isn't daunting per se with who they're facing off in the West. Uh, assuming, you know, Southern Miss should take a step forward and be a lot better than they were this last year. But, I mean, in theory, JMU should not take a huge step backwards from a coaching perspective. I don't think so. I don't think so. it'll be really interesting. Anything else you want to, where else do you want to go with this? Oh man, we got listener questions, right? And then I guess oh, we yeah. should do a quick bowl update. I don't know if they had their destination last time or if they did. I can't remember. We, no, they didn't. Okay. So quick bowl update while we pull up questions. Playing Air Force on the 23rd in the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas. Cool matchup against a uh, solid team. It's our understanding based on reporting that not not our reporting but i think mike barber had it first and then they've sort of said so in interviews 
I think everybody in the portal for JMU is going to play. So it should be like full 2023. Huzzah, it's the Dukes again without Kurt Zignetti. Pretty good. I think I think that's huge. I was really worried when I was seeing everyone enter the portal. I think it's also very awesome that they all want to play one more time, like together. Like I think that's pretty cool. I think that's very cool too. So I'm I'm excited for that. I think that'll be a fun game. Um, we'd love some more information on exactly how they're going through practices now with four coaches. Robo is the sort of the acting interim head coach. Um, it sounded like they're pulling some people in to help with that. I think Nick Kidwell might have been like leading the offensive line. <laughs> Curious if anyone else is helping with that, or if they would even have Chesney be like, "Hey, like you love special teams, <laughs> like do you want to <laughs> help us out a little bit?" I'm well, sure say yes if they ask. Because right now they just have their offensive line coach in Robo, but now he's the head coach, so he's overseeing it all. You have Marcus Hall, Oliver, the safeties coach, Eddie Whitley Jr., the Rovers coach, and Jared Holly, the cornerbacks coach. So you got like defense unlocked, but then you got the offense. Like, what are we going to run it fifty times because Robo's the the offensive coordinator now? Yeah, who's calling plays? I don't know. But oh, we will. We will. <laughs> they should let fan, the fans do it. Remember the fan-controlled football league that Vad Lee was in? They should have Vad Lee call plays. Oh, not a bad idea. We should just have Jordan McLeod do whatever he wants. I honestly would be okay if the one yeah, last hurrah players like came up with the game plan. We're just like, we're slinging it. Like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, some listener questions. This one is from Kyle Helmick. Uh, the question is, Chesney's known for his special teams. Uh, if you watched his mic'd up video... In one of his spring practices, he's very technical when it comes to special teams. Is there a Bob Chesney naming convention for our own Beamer Ball? Bob Ball? That's a good question. Ideally, it would be something that has to do with Bob Chesney, potentially also works in that he's the most attractive coach in the Sun Belt. And then cheering on Chesney. Cheering on Chesney. That's not quite Beamer Ball. Okay, Chesney Chuckers. What are the Chuckers? I don't know. I'm just trying. Okay. Next you're you're getting close. Somebody fire some some <laughs> suggestions here. Based on this hire, uh, who, what are your thoughts on guys that went into the portal and those that decommitted from JMU coming back or going? Alex, we've hit it a few times. Uh, portal, I wouldn't expect them to come back, and, and you shouldn't really expect them to come back. The decommitted guys, there, there's a potential that they then recommit. Yeah, that's fair. Anthony Maldonado, Duke's JMU 2012, another Italian name. Any ideas on staff? Heatherman had began to follow Chesney and likewise uh, follow each other on Twitter. Heatherman also began to follow Holy Cross defensive assistants. Any chances Heatherman back as DC? That would be a home run. It would be a home run. I just don't know the likelihood of that. Um, I was not aware, though, that he was following Holy Cross defensive assistants. I don't know if that was new either. Like he that's might true. You can't you can't them. see when follows happen. Yeah. So I don't I don't know, but I wouldn't read too much too much into the Twitter followers. I once thought Drew Maringer was going to be Jamie's head coach because during the interview process uh, in the Signetti cycle, he followed like everyone on the roster. He didn't get offered the job. <laughs> he did not. Um, also worth noting that I think uh, I get the Heatherman love for it, but I, I really think if there is a def- if there is a coordinator that is a hundred percent coming with Chesney. It is his defensive coordinator. That one would make a lot of sense. Um, if they get Heatherman, yeah, again, would be great, but maybe a little bit surprising. I wouldn't, I don't know. If they do it, it'd be cool, though. Uh, another question from Anthony. Has Coach Chesney been able to reach out and speak to any cr- recruits yet at this time? 
Uh, no, I believe he is going through the roster that is currently in place now and talking with them. Sure, that'll happen soon. It sounded like the presser wouldn't be till Tuesday, so they're giving him quite a bit of time to kind of get his ducks in a row, talk to people, and then go through the portal. New Leaf 88. I thought Chesney made a contract extension last year with Holy Cross. He may have. We probably paid him a little something to take him. That's what a buyout's for, which is a reason why this was a five-year deal because the more years you have, and it's a reason why Mike Houston signed a 10-year extension. He had no intention of running through that with 2027. You got to buy there, That just increases the buyout. Yeah, that's that's sort of the focus there. It adds some stability for both sides Yeah, when you do that. And we answered that question, Anthony. Food for thought, Justin Roper, offensive coordinator. Uh, H, I'm going to wreck you. Oh. Yep. Everybody's asking what players he'll bring with him, but I'm curious as to what coaching staff he'll bring and also which members of the current staff he'll retain. We hit on that a little bit, right? Yeah, I think I, Robo I, will yeah. likely stay. Is that, I think is that Robo a hot would take? Be, that'd be a great retention. The other guys, I, I don't know. It all depends on who he wants to keep from his staff. It is interesting. You don't often see like, 90% of a staff being so young with a coach. So yeah, much they, of his staff has been there with for two years. Yeah. How big would Sluka from Holy Cross be as an addition to the program? How big would adding the future Heisman winner and national champion be? Pretty big. No, but he would he'd be a good addition, right? He's like kind of pencil him in if he does come as your starter. And he's fun yeah. to watch. He also like he talks a lot of trash, like a lot. Um, so he would be more than Danucci. I, well, I think it's Danucci. more than Danucci. Um, and probably less against like Norfolk State when you're up like 100, which I don't think Coach Houston loved <laughs> at one time. But he, he talks a lot. So Sluka would be interesting if they get him. A Kool Aid Farmer asked Would JMU hire a P5 assistant with recruiting prowess for one of the coordinators? I think that is highly likely. Not sure, but I imagine if there are any outside hires with this, uh, that they will likely be from the South with recruiting ties to Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland, uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, all of those good ones. It is worth noting that Dean Kennedy, who just finished up his first season as offensive coordinator, he was with the staff in 2022 as the quarterbacks coach. He, uh, he started as a grad assistant, I believe, with Mississippi State, coached a little bit with Florida. Uh, so he has a lot of SEC ties. That's where he kind of cut his teeth working his way up. And then he jumped to Holy Cross. His recruiting area is the South. So I, Dean Kennedy might be a dark horse to be the offensive coordinator next year. Yeah, he had another one, another coach that now I'm, I'm trying to find exactly who it was. That um, might be Kyle Barnes, the corners coach. Um, one of them had recruited maryland and virginia that was like their region that they they focus on of course as the the holy cross website becomes slower than it's been all week um let's see if it was him yes it was kyle barnes quarterbacks coaches recruiting areas maryland dc virginia west virginia um i think he he had um i want to say his twitter said he like grew up in baltimore or something so he's familiar with the area could be an interesting one to to keep on just because he's he already knows that region yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Daniel Merriman says that he believes Marcus Hall, in his opinion, Marcus Hall Oliver is a lock. Um, how many starters going into next year are already on the roster? Best guess. I think offensively, 
starting running back, wide receiver, and let's call the offensive line all are on the roster. I think the only non-starter you have on offense is the quarterback. It's possible. I can see him adding a little at receiver. Maybe they add somewhere else. I don't exactly know. I bet they have a lot of starters on offense currently in the roster. Yeah, that's fair. Defense? Oh, God. Like, the whole defensive line has graduated or gone in the portal. Um, Like, two or three, maybe? Yeah. D'Angelo Pons, maybe. Jacob Thomas is still there. I guess they have – well, that's not that's not fair. I think – sorry, I was answering it poorly. I would say that like two or three from last year's starters. I do think Tyreek Tucker and Emmanuel Bush inside make a ton of sense, like defensive line. So they weren't technically starters, I guess, right? Um, so maybe those two, Pons, Trent Hendrick or something? Trent Hendrick, Jacob Thomas. Jacob Thomas. So five? Maybe. Maybe. So maybe they have more than we thought there. Alex said, probably want to add a running back from the portal. Yeah, probably want to add a few running backs to the portal. Uh, you lose two, didn't really have a breakaway good candidate last year. Can I say a really mean thing? Okay. Look, sometimes the running backs ran like wide receivers. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of excited about a, a running back coach, a new one. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um. Salary guesses. I'm thinking a mil a year. Milly. Probably around do, a milli. Do you think there was a holdup in all of this? Because it was that Signetti Signetti said this, and I don't know if he was supposed to, um, but it was put in the press release, so they could have edited yeah. it out if they wanted to. Um that they offered him to become the highest page Sunbelt coach. Do you think then that was leverage for whoever they were hiring. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let me ask you a couple here. I'm a listener. I have some questions. Do you think the search took too long? And then what was the, what well, is the other thing people kept complaining about? So search, did it take too long? That's my first question. Kind of. I mean, if you went to him on Monday and it took this long to then iron it out. And then according to some of my sources, the interviewing was done Saturday night. And like they had their oh, list yeah. of candidates on Saturday and then they nothing was really done on Sunday. And then Monday you have the flight to Worcester and Teterboro. And then you have a flight to Indy on Wednesday. Maybe the flight, you kind of floated this. I couldn't confirm. No one really confirmed. Maybe it was to an agent of some sort in Indy. And that's who they were working. Who knows? I think this could have been wrapped up Monday. Yeah, I don't know. I go back. I go back and forth on that. I was I was getting upset yesterday. We're like, where's the hire? And then they made it. And I was like, they did it. <laughs> They so did get their guy. Like they got yeah. their guy. So. Less than a week. It's not bad. No. What is funny though is that the press conference is now isn't until four days. So that's, like, yeah, a little frustrating. I want to hear from, from Coach Bob, but we'll give him we'll give him this time. Yeah. Uh, second Coach Bob in the uh, in the Valley. Coach Bob Weiss of the Harrisonburg yeah. Turks just won the uh, Line Weaver Cup in the Valley Baseball League. So hopefully this Coach Bob for JMU football can bring the same sort of postseason success with him. If JMU does not post a photo of both of them saying coach Bob meeting coach Bob by the end of the year, <laughs> I will no longer be a fan of the Turks. <laughs> the Harrisonburg Turks need to get on that. That's a post for the, that'd Turks. be sweet. I would love that if they did that. That'd be so that'd be, I think it was announced. Bob Weiss is coming back for next year. Yes. He did sell the team. And I think after he kind of got that weight off his shoulders, he was able to, you know, focus on being a coach and what do you know? They win the, the whole thing. Um, we're working on to figure out what the buyout is. 
the buyout, what the full terms of the detail are, details of the contract are. So as of right now, it is not known what the buyout is. Probably a hefty number, though, because it was reported by Katie Harper of the DNR that that was actually a holdup in the contract negotiations. That was my other question. That was my other question. Do we think that was a huge holdup? What do we think about all the, the smoke that was coming out this week? Where there's smoke, there's fire. Okay. Well, I, I guess what confuses me is there was all this talk about four candidates and really Harris Simiak and Chesney were the only two names that were like, those are the guys I want to know because no one was, nothing was being leaked. Someone said it. It was like flex tape, flex seal. There was no leaks, but you could have driven a boat on a pond with the less amount. Never mind. That was a bad joke. Uh, like there were four candidates. They yeah, had their the list. One through, they had their list one through four. Do you think Manny Diaz was a real candidate? No, I don't. Okay. I think – I don't know who the other two are, and that's going to keep me up at night, and I think that's what the Indy flight was for. And potentially – candidate. And a potential Cincinnati flight that was canceled. Here's – here's. do you want me to go down conspiracy theory? Right? Oh, yeah. All right. So Monday they fly out. They talk with Chesney. They talk with Harris Simiak. Okay. That, that's that day. They get something going. They get it working with Chesney, but he's a little hesitant. He doesn't necessarily know if he wants to blah, blah, blah. So then they get the Wednesday flight. They still haven't heard back from Chesney. So they fly out to Indy. Things are going well. They have that interview. And while they're doing that, they're planning their Cincinnati flight. That's when they're going to meet up with Chuck Martin. Chuck Martin, the Miami of Ohio coach, who was candidate number four. And while they were finishing up in Indy, getting ready to fly to Cincinnati, they get a call. He's going to sign. And so they canceled the Cincy trip. Chuck, so sorry. I know you just drove 40 miles to come see us in Cincinnati. Tough luck, man. Go back to Miami of Ohio. Keep coaching the Red Hawks. You're doing great. We're going to head back to Harrisonburg. I think that's what happened. Al Golden was the Indianapolis one. But don't they have closer airports to? Yeah, but not all the time they're flying into those tiny airports for flight tracking reasons because they know that there's crazy fans out there watching their every move like us. Here's something I want to say. Hit me. Delane Fitzgerald is one day going to be JMU's head football coach. So just mark that down. Your books, everybody. Next cycle, I think he's getting close to being the guy. And you, you know him better than I do, but sounds like he could be the guy one day. I think Delane Fitzgerald will be the head coach next hiring cycle. Former Duke, currently the head coach at Southern Utah, has a track record of taking some programs. That Much like Chesney. To winning, similar to Chesney, where if he starts to get the FCS success, it almost becomes a no-brainer for a guy who would like to be in Harrisonburg long-term. And he's led the Southern Utah, Southern Utah University, what are they, the Thunderbirds? The Thunderbirds. To through uh, conference change too, they were in the Big Sky this last year. They went into like the UAC WAC yeah. new kind of division. So he's led through that too. So I, I think it's a good one. I think it's a great one. Yeah, keep it. Keep an eye on him. Follow Sue S U U. Yeah. All right. Any other? Were there any other questions? No, we covered most of them. Um, kind of too long. Didn't read. Chesney will not be coaching the bowl game working on to figure out what his buyout is. It's a five-year deal. Uh, he's the new head coach of the Dukes, baby. We uh, They got their guy. They got the number one guy. Huge. Absolutely massive. 
Next week, we'll dive back into basketball, men's and women's basketball, talk about some stuff. We'll update with what we know about Chesney after his press conference next Tuesday. Um, really excited for this Chesney era to begin. Bob it, Chesney. It feels like Bourne knocked the Withers higher out of the park, knocked the Houston higher out of the park, knocked the Signetti higher out of the park. This is the first hire that, as a fan, I'm hype about when it was announced. This is an extremely exciting hire for many reasons. Yeah, it is. It's really – it's going to be fun. I, I'm excited for this offseason. I'm, I'm excited for Byington to stick around. All right, for Bennett Conlin, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. One Diddy Streaming just said, funny, we didn't even mention we're top 20 basketball. Yeah, Men's basketball's how, number 18. They're play ODU rolling. on the road on Saturday. How long until Jamie loses a game? Never. I think Undefeated, baby. It's going in 2024. I think so, too. The Dukes, basketball, the Electric Zoo, they're back. And we'll be back next week breaking down all things men's basketball, including their win. I'm seeing into the future. Their win on Saturday against ODU. For Bennett Conlin, I'm Jack Fitzpatrick. This has been the JMU Sports News Podcast presented by Bet Online. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.